My scripture this morning is uh, a little bit different than normal because uh, I'm going to be reading from the, uh, from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18 through 15, uh, verses 15 through 20. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it's found in the Hebrew Bible on page 172. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. May God bless the breeding of God's holy scripture. Amen. And hopefully I don't die at the pulpit. You see, much of the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus are tied to the 614 commandments that are supposed to summarize the 10 that you already have. The ideas there in Leviticus and Deuteronomy are of a growing culture trying to understand what it means to be in the presence of God and walk in the footsteps of God and listening to the voices of prophets and trying to discern of how that works in their own life. Verse 17 helps us to set our lesson. It says, you must be blameless before the Lord your God. Much of what follows uh, provides specific guidance on how one can live blamelessly before God. God promises to raise up a Moses-like prophet from among the community on the behalf of the people. But there is a warning to those that are hearing and prophet, and, and what prophets are, closes the lessons. It says that people are to be attentive to the word of the prophet, and the prophet is to speak only what God speaks. Hmm. Prophets were not everybody's favorite person in the Hebrew Bible. They were people that uh, were mostly feared, and they feared God. Nobody wants to speak on behalf of God. No one wants to tell the group of people, hey, you're doing exactly the opposite of what God has asked you to do. Repent. Be baptized or burn in the fiery pits of hell. This is what you hear from prophets. Israel is in no difference in the aspect of their life trying to understand what a, a prophet is. And prophets consistently and regularly appeared as charismatically endowed and awfully richly eloquent, which is interesting that they want someone like Moses because we read that Moses 
may have had a stutter and asked his brother Aaron to speak on his behalf. Regardless, they were speakers and preachers, and their authority was claimed to be and was usually accepted as direct. It was given by God and unconfined to any one family, locality, or tribal group. To outsiders and opponents, prophets appeared to be self-appointed speakers. But to their followers... They were God-appointed revealers of truth that came from no other avenue of spiritual knowledge. I want you to think about this for just a moment. The rise of prophets uh, had a big, weighty challenge. Who wants to be responsible for having the words of God to preach to a group of people? Jeremiah gets called at an early age and is told to, by God, you will speak to the tribes of Israel. And Jeremiah's like, I don't have those words. I'm just a child. God says, I will give you the words. You must speak them. Now, today we refer to Jeremiah as one of the major prophets. And the things that he encouraged the nations of Israel, they challenged our understanding. Jeremiah may not have had the words, but God provided them. So you see, this is the important context. A prophet speaks of God, for God, for the people of God, not themselves. I'm going to say that one more time. A prophet of God speaks for God, for the people of God, with the words of God. That's a, a very important distinction. Their life was selfless. It was completely focused in on their life. Serving God and being the vessel of God's word. It's not something that people wanted to have. This was something that Christians struggled with, understanding what prophets were and how they operated within their own world, because they had not grown up with this conversation. So very early on, one of our early church leaders by the name of Origen, O-R-I-G-E-N, not the origin of theologians, but Origen gives us a lot of conversation, and he's in 185 CE, and he was from Alexandria, Egypt. He was one of the most influential scholars and theologians for Christianity. Before we became a solidified institution, he plays a significant role in the development of Christian doctrine and theology. He was born to Christian parents and received an excellent education in philosophy and literature. He was exposed to many different intellectual traditions. His contributions to Christianity were extensive. He wrote numerous works covering a wide range of topics, including biblical commentary, before there was even a canon. One of his most significant works is the Hexapla, a critical edition of the Hebrew Bible that compared different 
uh, different versions of the text. And like his philosophical educators, he wrote in allegory. Now, he struggled with some of the things that we talk about. Most of the things is he ends up getting claimed as he was a heterodoxy person, not an orthodoxy person. And the uh, influence that he ends up really uh, influencing is Eastern Christianity. But his thoughts are still the same. His statement about prophets are this. We can be prepared to find some prophet, even of impiety, and perhaps not just one, but several, who will tell us of a word from the Lord, which the Lord has not at all commanded. Or a word of wisdom, which has nothing to do whatsoever with wisdom. You see, the emergence of prophets in ancient Israel was a divine response to the people's need for guidance. Prophets, these charismatic speakers, they played a crucial role in conveying God's intentions directly to the community. No one was excited about being a prophet. You have the weight of bearing divine communication Speaking on behalf of God, the responsibility demanded an unwavering faith, a courage, and a deep connection with the divine. It was both daunting and exhilarating, calling that required a profound sense of obedience and humility. Now, it's important to recognize that being a prophet was not a priest in the ancient culture. In the ancient culture, it is essential to understand that priests mediated between the people and God through rituals and sacrifices. Prophets directly communicated God's word to the community. Prophets emphasized divine revelation and guidance for the future, challenging the status quo, while priests focused in on maintaining religious, religious rituals and order. In verses 15 through 22, the text condemns the practices of seeking guidance through various other me methods, labeling them as detestable. This disgust arises from the recognition that true guidance comes only through divine initiative and God's word. I think it's funny that they were asking for a Moses-like prophet. Because I think Moses is the perfect example of a prophet. It's like, he, at the end of the day, he would come home to his wife, Zipporah, and he'd look at her and he'd just go, oh. So I had a, con a conversation with the elders of four tribes. And you would not believe what they asked for today. I just wanted to look at them and just look at them and say, are you kidding me right now? But I had to be calm because I knew what I wanted to say to them. They, they come to me, and you can hear this conversation, and they say that we're starving. So I ask God about it. What does God do? God provides us manna. And then they complained that it disappeared before the next day, where more manna showed up. Can you believe this, Zipporah? And you could hear his, his wife just going, yes, honey. Yes, honey. 
Then, as if it wasn't enough, you're never going to believe this, Z. We're walking down the road, right? And the elders decided to say, we don't know where we're going, Moses. You've led us out into the wilderness. So I go to God again. And it's as if it wasn't good enough, God provides a pillar of fire at night and a, and a pillar of smoke during the day. And we know exactly where we're going. But you know what they had the audacity to say? The smoke smells bad. And then, you're never going to believe this, Z. They had the audacity to question what happened when we went across the Red Sea. We had to leave Egypt in a hurry. No, we couldn't take their finest China. I'm, I mean, I'm so sorry that this took place. But we had to cross across the Red Sea before Pharaoh's army came. But you didn't think it was good enough that I could put a staff in the ground and the whole stinking sea parted in half. No, no, and that... Their feet did not touch a drop of water. No, 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 no. Or that when we got to the other side completely safe and then the waters crushed Pharaoh's army, that that wouldn't have been good enough. No, I had to sit in a meeting with the council of elders as they complained that the, that the matzah got wet. I just don't understand. You could hear Moses, right? And yet Moses is what they want. Moses is who they're asking for. He's literally giving them the words of God and yet they complain all day long. It makes us question, would we be able to hear the words of God and be attentive? Or would we be begrudging like our people from the past? What is it that people struggled with with Jesus? It wasn't his acts. It was the words that came from his mouth. How dare he say, love your neighbor as yourself, which, by the way, comes from the Torah. Not that I'm bitter in any way, shape, or form. How does that work, Jesus? With those that have ears, listen, Jesus says. We can't find this moment when we are listening to the talking heads of the world without listening to the word of God. The hope is, is that in the 21st century, you have the ability to seek guidance through, through means that they might not have known about in the time as they were walking in the wilderness with Moses and the prophets. You have the ability. We've talked about this so much. It's, it, it feels like it's coming off and rolling off as a cliche, but my hope is, is that you have a prayer life, that you take time to meditate with God, that you study the Bible. And study the Bible means that you, you pick it up, you read it, and you ask questions. And then most importantly, that we have a sense of communal worship. I'm not suggesting that you have to be at church always physically here in person. We have a whole bunch of people watching online. They're here with us. But being together as family is extremely important. How else are we going to be able to get through the good days and the bad day when we have no water? And ice has broke our water mains. How do we take care of one another if we are so worried about ourselves. You see, church, the part that I want you to gather as before we come to an end is it's, 
it's important to understand how you identify modern prophets. They don't fit a traditional mold. But this is the most important part for me that I really want you to gather, and I really want it to stick in your brains and in your heart. Modern-day prophets are focused in on the world of God, not the world. They want to take care of the people of God, not the systems that we've created as people. They want to focus in on the love of God, not the hate of humanity. They want to focus in on their words bringing people to love and justice and righteousness. They speak with a boldness, with truth and a commitment to these things. They are fearless as they proclaim God's message and they challenge societal norms and they may be considered modern day prophets if They speak it in such a way that elevates God above their own agendas. Church, be careful of your prophets. Make sure that they are doing the basic understandings of these things. We have lots of talking heads that proclaim to be prophets of today's world but they have nothing to do with God. Now, the frustrating part. Now, you're all like, well, if that wasn't frustrating enough, Josh. This is that the Hebrew Bible has this beautiful way of saying, when you don't do these things, you die. And those that speak against God or speak away from God, they die. Boy, there's sure a lot of people walking up and around speaking hate out of their mouths <laughs> in the name of God. So my hope is, is that as we navigate the complexities of life, that we will strive for a faithful mouth that speaks God's truth, and, and we walk together with attentive ears that heed God's guidance in embracing that divine initiative and relying on God's word, we find a path to righteousness and blamelessness before the Lord. And I hope that while we discern in this quest for guidance and that we test the spirits and align ourselves with the transformative power of God's eternal word, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.